Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Monday, November 14th, 2022, and this is day 1699 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you, we glorify you, and thank you. Thank you so much for having mercy and grace upon us, even when we don't deserve it. I thank you, Lord, for loving us unconditionally and helping us to do the same with others. I thank you for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Lord, that you will help us to become good stewards of what you've blessed us with. I also ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is, heard any roosters lately? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this goes right back (laughs) to when um, Jesus let Peter know that he would deny him after he heard the rooster crow. That would be a sign that he had denied him. So we too have denied Jesus in ways. Not you. I'll just speak about myself, maybe, okay? <laughs> I have. And, uh, and, and it can be in some of the most seemingly subtle ways. And then later we notice, right after it comes out of our mouths, we know what we did. And we may feel shamed or embarrassed. We lied. And God is saying, even with that, I'm here for you. I will forgive you. So let's learn a little bit more about what happened. So we're coming out of John chapter 13 first, starting in verse 34 through 38. Then we're going to go to John chapter 18 starting in verse 1 through 26. I think it's important for you to hear all of this. So starting in John chapter 13, starting at verse 34, it says, uh, this is Jesus speaking. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Mm. So let's take a look at what takes place in John chapter 18, verses 1 through 26. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kedron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden. And he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Judas had often met there with his disciples. And Judas at the time was one of Jesus' disciples. 
So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers, some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. He he literally sold Jesus out for, you know, a few coins. I don't know how much it was exactly, but he sold him out. And uh, this is what's taking place. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. Now in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they they share where Judas went up and kissed Jesus to let these uh, soldiers know that he was the Jesus of Nazareth, that he was the Messiah. Verse six, when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now, this was something that really stood out to me. These soldiers, when he said it, now they are saying in in my commentary, they say it could have been because they were startled, uh, amazed at his boldness to say it, or the power of the Holy Spirit on Jesus, Jesus' power that made them fall. I believe it was that. (laughs) I really do, because I've seen the power of the Holy Spirit in action even now. And many times, you know, uh, being prayed for by pastors or apostles or prophets or whoever, just people of God. Let's not worry about the title. Okay. People of God, when they're being used by the Holy Spirit and they may lay hands on you and pray for you. And the power of the Holy Spirit is so amazing that you will just fall. And uh, there are many times that's happened to me. And when someone has prayed for me, that is truly of God and, and, uh, and it didn't hurt. <laughs> and there usually are people standing behind you that will catch you. But there have been times where that hasn't happened. And when the Holy Spirit does that, it's like when I did fall and I laid out for a while there, I'll never forget many times that happening. And, um, how powerful it was changing inside of my spirit. Uh, it was it was like, uh, g- to me, I, I look at it like this, God was doing a reconstruction in my heart at that time. I'll never forget um, working with youth years ago, many years ago, we had like a little conference and it was just a shut-in kind of thing uh, where we were in a cabin and um, a retreat or something. We had the youth there and the lady that was speaking uh, had me and the other leaders of the group stand behind the kids while she prayed for them, okay? <laughs> so she lays hands on them. I'm standing behind one of the kids. The power of the Holy Spirit was so powerful, I fell too. <laughs> and I was blessed. <laughs> now, in this case, these men were out to get Jesus. So this power was like... You know, maybe maybe they did change. I don't know. But that's that's what I believe it was. So verse 7, again, he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. 
The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the father has given me? And that cup meant he was going to die on the cross and take on everybody's sin, past, future, present. And the number one thing, he was going to be separated from God, the father, for that brief time. And he had never been separated from the father because God cannot look upon sin. That's why there there was always a sacrifice. The blood stood in the gap. And he would be, Jesus would be that final lamb sacrifice, his blood that would be shed to cover all of our sins. Verse 12, then the detachment of the soldiers with his commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Anna, Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. And this other disciple was John. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there and brought Peter in. You aren't one of these men. You, let's see, you aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold and the servants and officials stood around a fire. They had made it, they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in the synagogues or in the temple where all the Jews came together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face in this way. In this, the way you answer, is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Ah, That's very powerful, isn't it? He's suffering right now, right then for all of us. And many times we're afraid to tell the truth because of what we foresee the consequence will be, just as Jesus spoke the truth and he was struck. Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there, warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of these disciples too, are you? He denied it saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. Yeah. Have we heard any? Have you heard any roosters crowing lately? Hmm. Point number one. Have you ever felt like your back was up against the wall? And out of fear of the consequences, you simply lie. 
And it's not simple, but I'm not simplifying that. I'm just saying we lie, right? As humans, that is typically our default button to just lie. Uh, When we're in fear of our lives, fear of something else happening. The very first sin that took place with Adam and Eve was based on fear and lies, deception. And because of their disobedience to God, they hid, but but there's no hiding from God. I mean, they hid when they when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil after God told them not to do that in Genesis, right at the very beginning, I think around Genesis chapter two or three. And they did that. And uh, because Satan, who came in the form of a snake, said, oh, you won't surely die. You'll be like God. And he was talking to Eve and Eve thought, wow, well, that sounds good. Although she knew what God had said, she ate it. And then her husband was standing right there and she gave to him the fruit and he ate it as well. And God knew what had happened and they were hiding out from God. And that is why all of this coming back now to where we are with Jesus here, what, uh, out of the scriptures we just read, why Jesus had to be the final ultimate sacrifice and die for us and raise up from the grave. So there's no hiding from God. He already knew what we were going to do before we even did it. Many times these lies and deceptions are holding us back from doing God's will fully. What has the Lord shown you to repent from? When he shows us that, it's because he loves us so much that he, you know, he's not, he doesn't want that sin to block you from receiving your blessings. That's really what's happening. We're being blocked from receiving our blessings that God has for us when we lie. Secondly, point number two, God loves us so much that even when we mess up or basically sin, He's standing there with his arms wide open to receive us back into the fold. That's what happened to Peter. His life was forever changed that day. I know he probably felt really bad because, you know, our memory goes, he goes right back to, he went right back, I'm sure, to what Jesus had already told him. You know, you're going to lie. You're going to deny me. You know, after he tried to protect Jesus, he said, I would die for you. And I'm sure he meant it. And, And then within moments, fear comes in. And we feel like we've got to lie. And and that is the work of the enemy. He encountered Jesus after he um, died, after Jesus died and rose up from from the dead. And Jesus was making breakfast for the disciples once while making fish. <laughs> and they were fishing and uh, he told them they weren't catching anything. And he told them, hey. Throw it out on the other side and they caught so much and then they realized it's Jesus and Peter was the first one to run up and 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 see Jesus as he's sitting there by the fire. And on that day, Jesus Peter's life forever changed again. He encountered Jesus one on one, and Jesus took time out to talk to him to say, He asked Peter to feed his sheep, but first he asked Peter, Do you love me? And he asked him three times. And then he said, feed my sheep three times. And Peter told him, yes, I love you. And Peter knew and understood what his calling was. It was as if at that moment, God was 
embracing Peter and saying, I forgive you. I know, you know, your human nature took control at that moment. And it's okay. I'm still going to use you. But you need, basically, he needed that time of cleansing, repentance, you know, just to go forward and do what God would have him to do. And then after that, the, um, you know, the day of Pentecost took place in the book of Acts. And, and Jesus told them, I want you to stay in Jerusalem in the upper room until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, giving them power to go forth and do God's will, Peter was the leader of the pack of the apostles. And thousands of souls were saved because of Peter's obedience. So listen, don't ever lose hope. Repent and get back on track with the Lord. Don't think I'm doomed. I've messed up. There's no hope. Well, there is hope. Look at Peter. You know, you may have started off strong with the Lord and then something happened and then you got back like what we call a backslidden state where you just said, what's the use? And just started doing everything you used to do back to the old ways. And God is saying, I'm still here waiting on you. I want to use you. I want you or one of my disciples. I'll never forget. You know, I was strongly in the in the Lord in, early, in those early days and still strongly in the Lord. I'm just um, using this as an example. When you are on fire for the Lord, we can still mess up. And uh, I had been saved maybe a few years, couple of years or so. And, and um, we, this was about 40 years ago. So we, my husband got saved too. And our children were in church. They were young. And uh, my husband decided not to go to church on a regular basis. He would come maybe a few times a year. And uh, I decided I'm in full force and I was going to go and, and took the kiddos and he, you know, we still loved each other and, but we were just going different directions. He still was kind of doing the, you know, hanging out with his friends, doing the things he used to do. And, and I was um, in church uh, and trying to do the will of God. Okay. And I remember being so disappointed and upset that my husband wouldn't go. And uh, I would pray and say, God, get him straight. He is not doing right. I mean, I, it even got down to the point where I knew how important it was to pay our tithes. And my husband didn't pay his tithes. And it's understandable because he wasn't in the Lord like that. So I knew how <laughs> there is blessings associated with paying your tithes and being obedient to God. And I, and I just I just knew that, you know, me and him, my husband and I are one. And what, you know, the negative stuff that comes because of one of us affects both of us and the blessings because of one of us affects both of us. So I even started paying his tithes for him. You know, he didn't even know it. I was doing that. Well, God brought it to my attention that I was the one doing wrong. <laughs> I was being deceptive uh, by, first of all, I didn't even tell him I was doing that. And I was literally judging him. God said, um, it's not our place to judge. He's the only judge. Now, we're fruit inspectors. We know people buy their fruit, right? If they're doing what God would have them to do, you'll know by their fruit. But we're not supposed to judge people. And that's what I was doing. And God showed me that real clearly, just like he did with Peter. See, Peter had good intentions. I had good intentions. But God said, your good intentions are still not enough. That is still a sin. <laughs> 
And he made it really clear and showed me areas of my, in my own life where I'm trying to control the situation. I'm trying to fix it. I'm a fixer, you know, and many of us are like, I got the solution. And God said, your solutions are not going to work in this situation. You need to trust me and give it to me and let that go. And when I did, and I was so sorry for what I had done, I felt really bad. I stopped paying my husband's tithes. I stopped trying to, you know, force him to come to church and beating him down about it. I stopped talking about that. And the Lord said, now here's what I want you to do. Here's, here's how you deal with that. Pray for your husband. Uh, treat him like he's already where he needs to be in me, in Christ. Treat him like that man of God. Just like you do anybody else that, you know, all the deacons, preachers, your fellow sisters in Christ. And, and don't act like, okay, here's one of my issues, all right? I would feel like, hey, when we're having our highly intense discussions, <laughs> I'm going to have the last word. The Lord said, don't, don't uh, have to feel like you have to have the last word. A soft answer turns away wrath. Learn how to just be quiet. There are going to be times, even when you're right, God is saying, be quiet. Be quick to hear uh, and slow to speak, right? That's what the Bible says. John talks about that. No, said John, James, James. And so anyway, I learned that. And uh, practice, begin to practice it. Now, I'm not going to tell you it was an overnight fix. It wasn't. It was a process. And I had to, you know, there would be times I'm like, oops, let me not say anything or not say that. The Holy Spirit would help me. And finally, uh, I saw a change. My husband even said something to me like, are you okay? <laughs> like, why do you ask that? Because you don't act like you have to have the last word like you always use. I'm like, uh-huh. And I just felt so good inside. And God used me even more greatly. Um, you know you, how we think God is using us really fully and all that. No, he wasn't. I wasn't being used fully as I thought because there were barriers in the way. And that barrier was deception or lying out of fear, or controlling, or judging, whatever it is. And uh, it comes because, typically because of fear. And I am so grateful to God, because when he loves us, he will discipline us. He disciplines us. It's up to us to yield. What about you? What is God showing you to yield to? What changes is he showing you you need to make? Because he wants to use you even more. Whatever that is, yield and do it. Don't be afraid. Give it to him and begin the process of changing. The power of the Holy Spirit is here to do that and help you with that. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Oh, my goodness. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the ultimate right there to be with Jesus for eternity. Oh, glory to God. Oh, listen, forgot to tell you, my husband <laughs> is in church on a regular basis doing the will of God and God is using him mightily and we're together doing his will. And that is all that has always been my prayer. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community with our precious youth, teaching them workforce skills, life skills, entrepreneurship development, and peer mediation skills, along with human and sex trafficking awareness. So please continue to support us financially with your prayers and your support. We are extremely grateful to you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.